When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Alex here. And today is March 23rd. If you got those spy call options like I mentioned on Friday's episode last week, you'd have been a very happy trader much of the day yesterday. But I would have taken profits around 393 towards the close. As for me, I entered into a bearish credit spread on MasterCard, one of the stocks on the watch list on yesterday's episode. Looking at a 13% return per contract, before the end of the day, yesterday, the contract returned 65% of total possible gains in just those few hours. So this will be another win, and the account gets to keep growing. I love this game. Anyways, on the topic of options, in this episode, we're going to talk about what happens when you get exercise on an options contract. Stay tuned. What happens when you get exercise or you choose to exercise an options contract? This can actually happen intentionally, but it has happened accidentally. Um, so there are ways that you can put uh, settings on your uh, brokerages to make sure that it doesn't happen accidentally. So when you buy or sell an options contract, you have the right to exercise but not the obligation. And if you don't know uh, much about options yet, make sure you go back and listen to a couple episodes that have options in the title to get an idea of what we're talking about here. But I'll go through it uh, very briefly. So as we already know, having a call option gives you the right to buy 100 shares of an underlying security or a stock. And a put gives you the option to sell 100 shares, the right, the option, not the obligation. Now exercising is taking action on that option, right? And taking action on the right is actually buying or actually selling the shares. So here's a one plus one, like really simple scenario. If you own an Apple, an Apple call option, right, which is the right to buy 100 shares of Apple at a $120 strike price by April 1st, that means on or before April 1st, if you choose to exercise the option, right, you can buy 100 shares of Apple at $120 no matter what the current price of Apple is. So Apple could be $1,000. You get to buy your shares at $120. Now, of course, you can sell that contract for more than you bought it for and collect the difference. Or if it's a losing trade, you can sell it for less than you bought it for. All right? That's how you exit out of the contract. Right? You sell to close. If you decide to execute the order and buy the shares, 
you have to have the cash equivalent in your account to make the exchange. So in this example, if you want to buy 100 shares of Apple at $120 a share and you wanted to exercise this options contract, you need $12,000 of cash in your account um, to be able to exercise. And if you own a put, it's just the opposite, right? You must have the necessary shares to sell if you choose to exercise the contract. Now, if you own a put and you're not going to make money, I mean, it really makes no sense. Um, but that's a whole complicated issue. Puts are a lot different than calls, right? If you own a put, chances are you're not trying to own the actual security and you're not trying to exercise anything. You're just trying to collect the premium um, if you own a put. Now, on the flip side, right, we're talking now about selling options, right? If you decide to sell a call option, that means you're selling somebody else the right to buy something from you, then you must have 100 shares to sell or have the cash equivalent to have your broker cover those shares if the buyer decides to exercise the contract. So if I sell Susie a call option on Apple at $120 a share, Susie pays me for that option. But if Apple goes above 120, she can buy Apple from me for $120. Now, if I don't own Apple, I have to have the money equivalent to buy 100 shares of Apple and sell them to Susie, right? And it doesn't matter what the price of Apple is now. I have to buy those shares because I owe Susie 100 shares, right? So that number can be almost infinite and you have to be able to cover that, right? That's the danger of doing naked options, right? The reward is higher, right? You get more premium when you sell those naked options, but um, the buyer of the option that you sold has the right to exercise on you at any moment. Now, the last part, right, that selling options is where things get messy. If you're selling naked options, your risk of being exercised with no way to cover, right? Now, you know, this is a more extreme example, but you have to have the equivalent capital in your account to sell the contracts, right? In most brokerages, you can't even sell a contract unless you have the equivalent shares or cash. And in the event that they don't have a protection against that, if you get exercise, your account will go negative and you will have to cover that account. Now, oh, and if you trade on margin, right, you'll get what's called margin called, right? If you're someone who's trading options on margin, which again, go back and listen to the episode on margin where I tell you, um, not advice, but I suggest against not trading on uh, on margin. Right? I don't think it's a good idea because you can get caught up in things like this. If you don't remember you're on margin and you sell an option and you end up losing on the option, you will get that that will get covered out of your margin and you will get margin called and have to make up that balance plus the interest. Now spreads are a little bit different because when you sell an option you're actually buying an option beyond that strike price, right? And only collecting a small difference in the price of the option. But you are covered in the event that you get exercised because if you end up getting in the money and you get exercised, well, you have another option contract there that allows you to buy 100 shares. So if you get exercised and have to relinquish 100 shares that you don't have, you also have an option there to buy 100 shares and that allows you to, to limit and mitigate your risk. 
Now, why would you sell naked options in the first place, right? Because the risk is so high, what's the point? Now, if you have a position in the company, say I already own 100 shares of Apple, or I'll say, let's say I own 1,000 shares of Apple, and I wanted to make some extra money, right? Then selling contracts against my own shares allows me to collect money up front, right? This is often referred to as selling covered contracts or selling covered calls, so savvy investors use this technique a lot to make extra income. So if I own 1,000 shares of Apple, I don't mind losing 100 shares. So if I sell a covered call, I give somebody a right to buy 100 of my shares at a certain price, and I collect money up front. Now, if they, if they end up deciding to exercise, I get to sell them the shares. I get the money from the shares. I get to keep the premium. The only downside is I just lost 100 shares of Apple. Right now, if it doesn't, it's not going to kill you. If it doesn't hurt you, then you could do it. Right, like I said, a lot of people do it. Um, but in my opinion, there is no reason to sell a naked put option. Now, some out there see it as a way to earn extra money while still having the opportunity to own the stock in the future if you get exercise. For example, and we're still using Apple because that's been that's my thirty day challenge. It's just on my mind right now, so we're going to use Apple because it's easy. If um, you don't own Apple, if you sell a put against Apple and you don't have the shares, but you have enough cash to buy Apple, you can collect the premium, right? If Apple goes below that price, someone's going to sell it to you at the higher price because that's what your contract is oblig- has obligated you to do once they exercise. And now, yes, you can get Apple at that price and now you have 100 shares of Apple, but you also paid more for Apple than it's worth currently, right? So in an extreme example, if you bought a, a stock, at a, if a stock was $100 and you sold a put options against it, if the stock suddenly plummeted to $20, which can happen in the stock market, you can now own or have to buy, um, or you yeah you you can now have to buy a stock, a twenty dollars stock that just plummeted eighty dollars or eighty percent. You now have to buy that stock, um, from this person, and now you own a stock that's worth twenty dollars that was a hundred dollars. Now, if you really wanted the stock, then great. But if a stock fell eighty percent, it's probably not a great stock that you really want. Then this just seems like a really poor strategy. Now, again, I could be wrong. Now, there are instances where stocks come back, but typically stocks fall a lot faster than they rise. So in the event of selling a put option, again, it just doesn't seem like a very viable strategy to me because you're essentially giving yourself, um, putting yourself in a position where you have to buy a stock that is doing very, very poorly. Right, selling call options makes sense if you have the stock ready because you're collecting that extra income. In the event that you're wrong, you're relinquishing relinquishing a position, but it's okay because you had enough money to be in the position in the first place, and you're making some money on top of that. Right, if you don't have the shares, you have to then buy the shares and sell them. But again, it's not the worst thing in the world. With a put, the the speed at which a stock can fall can be very crippling. And I don't think that the that the the risk, right, 
even balances out with the reward of whatever kind of premium that you're going to get, right? It increases, the, the, the risk increases substantially selling naked puts versus selling naked calls. Now, if you're just starting, I would personally, I would make sure that my brokerage is set to sell my contracts for me prior to expiration. Now, some people don't like that the brokerage will sell it like an hour before expiration. So, for example, Robinhood. If you own contracts, they'll try to sell an hour before expiration, right? Which often is not, you know, the best price because if you wait till expiration, you might get something better. Um, but the reality of it is that's that fail-safe to not to stop you from getting um, to stop you from getting exercise on the contract, right? And for me, I would avoid if I was just starting out, avoid selling naked options, avoid trading on margin, period. Um, but I would avoid selling naked options without actually owning a hundred or whatever multiple of the stock is necessary or the amount of cash in my account necessary to get myself out of that sticky situation. Now, as I said, many of the world's wealthy sell covered call options on stock they already own to make extra money. It happens at the, all the time. And if you're, in a, if you're in a point in your investing career where getting exercise and uh, you know your balance won't get affected, then by all means. But make sure you have a plan, right? You're not just attracted to the potential financial gain, right? Because there's a lot of money to be made by selling naked options because you don't have to, to, to spend any money buying and covering. But... Uh, being attracted to potential gains without having a plan and set for the potential max losses, uh, tunnel vision has created more losers than winners. When you're tunneled in on making money, that's when you really, really get hurt, when you don't have a contingency plan. So make sure you have a plan set and you understand that there is a max loss for every kind of trade and you must understand what that is before you decide to sell uh, or buy naked options and end up getting exercise in a position that leaves you in a financially hard place. Money on the spy call I made in Friday's episode or any of the plays I call out in this show, great. I'm actually super happy for you. If you haven't yet, don't worry or chase any of the plays. The market is filled with many opportunities to earn money and I will give them to you as often as I can. So just be patient and don't be afraid to ask for help. This has been your host, Alex Cunningham, saying be well and remember... As you begin searching for answers to life's challenges, don't seek security, seek adventure.